Next Generation Sequencing Technologies, an article by Richard McCombie, John McPherson, and Eliane Marlis from Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory, Woodbury, New York, Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory Press, 2019. Although DNA and RNA sequencing has a history spanning five decades, large-scale massively parallel sequencing or next-generation sequencing NGS has only been commercially available for about 10 years. Nonetheless, the meteoric increase in sequencing support with NGS, next-generation sequencing has dramatically changed our understanding of our genome and ourselves. Sequencing the first human genome as a haploid reference took nearly 10 years, but now a full deployed human genome sequence can be accomplished in just a few days. Next generation sequencing has also reduced the cost of generating sequence data and the plethora of sequence-based methods for probing a genome have emerged using next generation sequencing as you read out and have been applied to many speeches. Next-generation sequencing methods have also entered the medical realm and will see an increasing use in diagnosis and treatment. NGS has largely been driven by short regeneration on the 50 base pairs, but new platforms have emerged and are now capable of generating long multi-kilo base reads. These latter platforms enable reference-independent genome assemblies and long-range haploid generation. Rapid DNA and RNA sequencing is now mainstream and will continue to have an increasing impact on biology and medicine. History of DNA sequencing Sanger Enzymatic Sequencing. Although the Sanger deoxonucleotide sequencing method was introduced in 1977, all the enzymatic sequencing methods were devised and published in the same time frame, including partial ribodistribution sequencing of bonds, the plus and minus method of Sanger, and the chemical cleavage method. Deoxonucleotide sequencing emerged from the interest of Sanger's laboratory to devise an enzymatic approach to DNA sequencing in the studies of Escherichia coli DNA polymerase 1 and its interaction with various nucleotides and nucleotide analogs as substrates or inhibitors of Kornberg's laboratory. At its essence, the enzymatic DNA sequencing reaction mimics many aspects of DNA replication in the cell. This is exemplified by the components of the Sanger reaction, combining the DNA polymerase with its template primed with a synthetic oligonucleotide primer to provide a free 3'OH for the polymerase catalyzed addition of native nucleotides and deoxynucleotide analogs, the latter causing the termination of the elongation nucleotide chain by prevention the addition of any further nucleotides once incorporated. By providing a carefully adjusted ratio of nucleotides and specific deoxynucleotides in each of four enzymatic prime extension reactions, one with each of the four deoxynucleotides present, Sanger sequencing produces a pool of molecules in each reaction mix that includes some molecules that are terminated 
at each residue within the growing chain in which the deoxynucleotide in the specific reaction is incorporated. When subjected to a denaturating polyacrylamide gel in a subsequent step, this produces a ladder of fragments across four lanes, each differing by one nucleotide in length. This ladder is detected when exposed to X-ray film to reveal the ladder of fragments and read from bottom to top to derive the nucleotide sequence of each primed template, shortest to longest fragment. In summary, Sanger reactions are characterized by two discrete steps. The first is the enzymatic production of template-directed fragment ladders, each terminated by specific deoxynucleotide as specified by the template, and the second is an electrophoretic separation and sequence detection step. Over time, radio-labeled nucleotides and film-based detection were supplanted by Huygens colleagues with the incorporation of four different fluorescent dyes in an detection during electrophoretic separation by laser-induced fluorescent emission of each fragment on a dedicated sequencing instrument. Because this allowed each of the four reactions to be run in a single lane of a gel, owing to the four different emission spectra of the dyes, it eliminated most gel artifacts and allowed automated reading of the sequence ladders. Similarly, improvements in detection chemistry were accompanied by advances such as incorporating the fluorescent dye in the deoxynucleotides rather than primers to increase flexibility, the use of polymerase enzymes with favorable characteristics that gave a more even cooperation of deoxynucleotides and were stable at higher temperatures to alleviate secondary structures effects in high G plus C content templates and myriad other small changes that were achieved during the human genome project to make the first human reference genome possible. Sanger sequencing data analysis. Early Sanger sequencing projects focused on sequence determination for single genes of very small genomes, circa 5,000 bases at most. The development of a computational package by Roger Standard, developed at the Medical Research Council MRC in concert with Sanger's laboratory allowed the size of DNA regions or genomes sequenced to scale significantly. The stained package allowed randomly shared small fragments of DNA from a larger original DNA sequence to be sequenced randomly and computationally overlapped to reform the whole sequence of the original larger input source. The Staden package was compiled for use on early Unix operating systems and was widely used. It provided a sequence assembly capability for input data and a viewer that permitted visual evaluation of the overlaps between fragments. Six-frame translation of assembled sequences was also output, after which the potential for open reading frames could be determined. The combination of Sanger sequencing at the Staden package for sequence assembly created the ability to sequence genomes roughly 10 times as large as originally possible, 
such as phage, lambda, and enabled the era of genomics. As sequencing projects became focused on longer DNA inserts and on larger genomes, the stained package was supplanted by the Fred Frop Consent suite from Phil Green's laboratory. Here, Fred provided base calling accuracy statistics for Sanger reads. FRAP was a read assembly program and consent was an assembly viewer and editing program. It had the ability to work with fluorescent sequence data as well. This suite provided needed scalability and was indeed the primary toolkit for sequencing and finishing of all large genomes sequenced by mapped clone-based methods, including the International Human Genome Project. In a time span of circa 25 years from the introduction of Sanger sequencing until the completion of the Human Genome Reference Sequence, the scalability and widespread use of Sanger sequencing had experienced significant technological advances that permitted large-scale projects to be completed. However, the effort to sequence, assemble and annotate genomes with Sanger approaches was still a significant and expensive undertaking that required specialized equipment, expertise and infrastructure. This scenario began to change shortly after with the introduction of the first massively parallel DNA sequencing technology in 2005. Next Generation Sequencing NGS Technologies Fundamental aspects of NGS Most so-called massively parallel or next-generation sequencing methods and instruments to date have close intellectual connections to Sanger sequencing from the standpoint of their fundamental enzymological underpinnings, as will be reviewed here. The primary differentiation is that, unlike Sanger sequencing, massively parallel sequencing approaches do not decouple enzymatic nucleotide incorporation from sequence cell ladder separation in data acquisition. Rather, next-generation sequencing instruments perform both the enzymology and data acquisition in an orchestrated and stepwise fashion, enabling sequence data to be generated from tens of thousands of to billions of templates simultaneously. Hence, the term massively parallel refers to this enhanced data generation capacity that has resulted in significant changes to DNA sequencing and its applications since its introduction. Sequencing by synthesis. Most commercial platforms using massively parallel sequencing are based on the concept of sequencing by synthesis, SPS. In essence, these methods permit nucleotide incorporation using a variety of enzymes and detection schemes that permit the corresponding instrument platform to collect data in lockstep with enzymatic synthesis on a template. All the shared concepts for these platforms include 1. Fragmentation by physical sharing before sequencing of the genome or other DNA RNA sample to be sequenced. 2. The generation of a sequencing library that results from the attachment of universal platform-specific adapters at each end of the template fragments to be sequenced. And 3. 
and surface template amplification by virtue of library fragment hybridization to covalent attached oligodendrites with sequence complementarity to the synthetic adapters. Following fragment amplification, the templates are primed by virtue of unique sequences present in the synthetic adapter, providing a free 3'OH for enzymatic extension on the templates coupled with an instrument data detection. The on-service amplification establishes a fixed XY code need for each template that, in turn, permits data from nucleotide incorporation steps to be signed to a specific template. Because sequencing by synthesis methods are detecting nucleotide incorporation from a population of amplified template molecules at each XY coordinates, and because of various types of background noise that contribute in a cumulative manner at each step in the incorporation reactions, sequencing by synthesis is ultimately limited in its length of sequence read because of the increasing noise of a sequential incorporation and imaging cycles. Modifications to the etymology and nucleotide chemistry or synthesis, as well as more sensitive detectors, have yielded improved signal-to-noise over time, permitting increased read lengths. Still, sequencing by synthesis, read lengths remain shorter than Sanger read lengths. This has impacted how the sequence data analyzed and we described in the section on analytical aspects of sequencing by synthesis data. Sequencing by synthesis detection schema. One key difference in sequencing by synthesis based massively parallel sequencing platforms in the mechanism by which nucleotide incorporation is detected, there are essentially two themes that have been used in detection, direct fluorescence detection or indirect sensing by nucleotide incorporation reaction products. The first theme copies original Sanger sequencing most closely by labeling the nucleotides which are modified to only allow one base extension with fluorescent moieties that distinguish each nucleotide base by virtue of specific recent emission wavelength. After each cycle of nucleotide addition, the dye and the extension blocking moiety are cleaved of the growing chain and the cycle is repeated. The cyclical fluorescent additions at each XY coordinate represent the sequence of added bases. The second theme uses a combination of single type of unlabeled nucleotides by incorporation cycle and post-incorporation detection step to identify which of the fragments incorporated one or more nucleotides. The post-reaction detection is fueled by a chemical byproduct of the nucleotide incorporation reaction as such when multiple nucleotides of one type are adjacent in the template. The amount of chemical byproduct will scale accordingly compared with the amount for a single nucleotide incorporation. This variability in detected byproduct is however not infinitely linear because of the limits on the dynamic range of the detector. 
Hence, all instruments using this detection scheme tend to low accuracy in mononucleotide repeat sequences. Two types of post-incorporation detection scheme included. One, detection of pyrophosphatate released during nucleotide incorporations that reacts with fire luciferase to produce an amount of emitted light corresponding to the number of incorporated nucleotides, as detected by highly sensitive charge coupled device, CCD, camera, or 2. Detection of the pH change resulting from released hydrogen ions following nucleotide incorporations, as detected by an XY-specific miniaturized pH meter. In general, regardless of the type of detection, each platform will process the XY coordinate specific data following the sequencing instrument run completion, essentially turning the acquired signals into reads. These analytical pipelines are provided by instrument manufacturer and perform post-analytical quality evaluation of data, culling, low-quality reads from the final output and generating metrics that permit user evaluation of the overall read data quality. Finally, the read data files are written in a specific format suitable for their use in downstream analytical pipelines. Analytical aspects of Sequencing by synthesis data. Following sequence data generation on massively parallel platforms, a wide variety of analytical steps may be pursued to provide information from the data generated. In Sanger sequencing reads were typically derived from subcloned fragments originating from a large insert DNA clone, permitting read assembly based on sequence similarity to recapitulate the initial cloned fragment in one or more contents. In next-generation sequencing approaches, the shorter read lengths often are not suitable for read assembly, especially if next-generation sequencing library was generated from a whole genome, not a cloned fragment of that genome. This is particularly true when the genome is larger than 1 to 2 million bases and is complex in nature. In general, short read data more readily interpreted by their alignment to a reference genome than by the Nova read assembly. As such, the early use of next generation sequencing sparked the development of numerous read alignment algorithms, each using one of several different principles to match each short read to an existing genome assembly. Following read alignment to a reference genome, there was an ensuing need to identify variants, nucleotide sequence differences between the sequenced genome and the reference, and to subsequently interpret these changes in terms of their impact on protein coding genes, regulatory regions, and other sequence data features. Here, the most straightforward varying curling algorithms to develop were those capable of detecting single nucleotide variants, NSV, also known as substitutions or point mutations. Less straightforward was the detection of insertion or deletion events, INDLs, 
in which one or more nucleotides were either added or deleted in comparison to the reference genome. These variants remain quite difficult to detect because of difficulties in aligning the sequence reads with indels to the reference genome, although the accuracy of their detection has been greatly enhanced by the increased read lengths of next-generation sequencing platforms over time. Beyond read lengths, the development of paired and read approaches also has enhanced our ability to detect structural variants, especially for complex repetitive genomes. In paired and sequencing, a second set of sequencing by synthesis reads is generated by priming the opposite end of each library fragment with an adapter-specific oligonucleotide, thereby generating concordant XY data from the opposite end of each library fragment. These read pairs are then mapped to the genome using information about the practice separation and read orientation. Large-scale genomic alterations that represent sequence duplications or amplifications, large deletions or structural alteration, continue to represent computational challenges to next-generation sequencing data interpretation, although, as for indels, the accuracy and false positive rates have improved somewhat with longer read lengths and read pairs that provide more accurate read mapping and redirectionality. Here reads the group outside of the predicted fragment length separation or with different orientations than predicted, or both are subject to secondary analysis that may predict large-scale structure changes in comparison to the reference genome. Typical analytical pipelines that have the capability to detect these more challenging alterations combine multiple algorithms to examine the aligned read data and produce a consensus report. Those alterations that are identified by multiple different algorithms and supported by multiple read pairs, which are then subject to manual scrutiny and often secondary validation to support or refute them. As described in the final section of this article, read alignment is just the starting point of many types of next-generation sequencing analysis, dictated entirely by the upfront preparatory say they are used to generate the sequencing library. As such, next-generation sequencing experiments link together experimental design with data analysis in intimate and inextricable ways that has helped to shape the project-based use of this fundamental tool. Another type of analysis of next-generation sequencing data uses the sequencer as a counting machine. In RNA sequencing, sequences from different transcripts can be counted and their relative number compared. This allows a relatively accurate description of the transcript abundance profile in a given tissue or cell source. With a large number of reads that can be obtained from next-generation sequencers, the relative frequency of transcripts can be obtained of a very high dynamic range. Any biological assay that can be converted into sequence fragment counting can be detected in this way.
Single Molecule Sequencing SMS Technologies Basics of Single Molecule Sequencing Massively parallel sequencing instruments using sequencing by synthesis approaches use an enzymatic on-surface amplification of each library fragment before the initiation of the sequencing reaction to produce sufficient signal for detection by the instrument. This intermediate amplification step, while necessary, introduces a variety of artifacts. One type of artifact is caused by the inherent error rate of polymerases, some of which can masquerade as true variants in they occur sufficiently early in the fragment amplification processes. The other artifact is the result of nucleotide composition of the fragment, wherein Fragments with high or low G plus C composition are less efficiently amplified compared with more equal ratio composition fragments. This step also somewhat limits the length of sequencing by synthesis library inserts because of a desire to make the amplification rapid, efficient and consistent across all library fragments. In addition, as mentioned above, as the clusters of molecules are sequenced some molecules in each cluster misincorporate the added base on each cycle of nucleotide addition. This has the effect of increasing the noise at each nucleotide addition, which ultimately results in the noise being too high to low further sequencing. This too limits read lengths in sequencing base synthesis. As a result, single molecule sequencing methods and instrumentation have been pursued to obviate library fragment amplification steps and associate artifacts, which in turn permits increased library fragment size and read lengths. Although the advantages of single molecule sequencing are obvious, the difficulty in overcoming the signal to noise aspects of collecting data from a single molecule are considerable regardless of the approach. As a result, single molecule sequencing reads typically have a higher error rate than sequencing by synthesis reads and have required both higher sequence data coverage and novel computational approaches to analyze the resulting data. Despite these challenges, two single molecule sequencing devices have achieved commercial status each using highly unique approaches to sequencing detection. Single molecule fluorescent sequencing. The initial single molecule sequencing device to achieve commercial release was the Pacific Biosciences instrument, which emerged from a proof of principle instrumentation concept published by Watt Webb's group at Cornell University. This instrument used patent nanofabricated chambers on a silicon surface called zero-mode waveguides ZMW to isolate individual polymerase enzymes coupled to prime DNA template molecules. On supplying these polymerases with physiological concentrations of recent labeled nucleotides, the copying of each template can progress. Here, the zero-mode waveguide provides a mechanism to focus the detection apparatus onto the polymerase, effectively permitting the instrument optics to collect data in real time as the polymerase copies the template.
The resulting movies represent optical data collected, addictive side of each polymerase, in which an incoming nucleotide is detected successfully by virtue of its increased dwell time in the active side during incorporation. On its addition to the growing synthesized strand, each nucleotide loses a fluorescent level, which is currently attached under the phosphate portion of the molecule and diffuses out of focus. Incorrect template matching nucleotides can enter the active site but typically have insufficient dwell time of detection of the attached fluor to be measured as a nucleotide incorporation. Sources of error for this sequencing method arise when a correct nucleotide is incorporated too quickly for sufficient detection time by the optics or when multiple nucleotides are incorporated in quick succession without resolution by the optics of each incorporation, both of which result in deletions in the sequence read. A deletion can also result from incorporation of an labeled nucleotide, although these are rare. Another source of error occurs when the incorrect nucleotide dwells too long in the active side and is detected by the optics yet is not actually incorporated by the polymerase, resulting in an insertion error. The Pacific Biosciences platform has increased average read length and accuracy over time by virtue of a variety of enzymatic nucleic acid chemistry and optical detector sensitivity improvements. Current per read error rate is circa 10%. Although these are random errors, which means that the consensus error rate improves as coverage depth increases. Improvements to the method and instrument have cumulatively allowed for increasing library fragment length, commensurate with increased optical imaging duration for data collection. This in turn has placed renewed emphasis on techniques to produce fragment lengths in excess of 10,000 bases for library construction. Throughput per instrument run also has been impacted by increasing the number of ZMW from which data can be collected, in combination with the aforementioned increases in read length. It is now possible to have average read lengths in excess of 10,000 bases with this instrument compared with 150 to 150 base maximum read lengths with Illumina sequencers. Single molecule nanopore base sequencing. A second approach to single molecule sequencing commercialized by Oxford Nanopore Technologies uses translocation of single DNA strands through a surface position nanopore grid to generate sequencing data by sensing the changes in electrical conductance during nucleotide translocation of the DNA strand through the pore. Each nanopore has a detector position adjacent to it that records these conductance changes over time of fragment translocation through the pore. The nanopore sequencing library is produced much like other next-generation sequencing libraries and uses adaptive sequences that have a platform-specific composition. Base calling model that builds a known sequence context, condensed correlation data, and the resulting sequence read is interpreted computationally from the best fit. 
2D model. Like the Pacific Biosciences data, the single molecule nanopore data is subject to signal-to-noise constraints and has a correspondingly high error rate when compared with sequencing biosynthesis data. This error rate also has improved over time and development of improved base calling models improved polymerase properties and modifications to the nanopore that slow the traverse of the molecules through the nanopores permit more than data richness that correspondingly provides a better fit to the model. Unlike other platforms, many errors are not random, being sequence context-dependent, resulting in error not as readily resolved with increasing coverage in these regions. Similarly, read lengths have improved over time as well, shifting focus to development of library construction approaches that produce longer fragments. Unlike the Pacific Biosciences technology and all of the previously discussed types of sequencing by synthesis platforms, the Oxford Nanopore sequencing method does not require polymerase or labeled nucleotides to conduct sequence data generation. At its essence, the nanopore is the only reagent needed for the platform to sequence the library fragments. Analysis of combined short sequencing by synthesis and long read single molecule sequencing data. Long read length offers significant advantages in genome assembly, yet initially the high error rates obtained from single molecule sequencing platforms made direct assembly of long-read single-molecule sequencing data difficult to achieve. To address these difficulties, several groups have explored different approaches that combined sequencing biosynthesis and single-molecule sequencing data to achieve high quality and contiguity in genome assemblies. Either the long-read data from single-molecule sequencing platforms were assembled as a scaffold against which short read sequencing by synthesis data could be aligned, or the sequencing by synthesis data were aligned to the longer reads to improve overall accuracy and the resulting highly accurate long reads were assembled. Despite these innovative approaches, the largest genomes routinely assembled with these approaches were bacterial genomes. The benefit of these early innovations to long-read single-molecule sequencing data analysis was that they fueled the development of sequence assembly approaches suitable for read data with a random error model. And as the sequence data quality and read lengths of single-molecule sequencing reads improved, these algorithms became suitable for long-read assembly without the need for sequencing by synthesis error correction. Analysis of long-read single-molecule data The combination of increased read lengths from single-molecule sequencing platforms, improved error rates and optimized assembly algorithms has now resulted in the singular use of single-molecule sequencing data for genome assembly. There are distinct advantages to this approach that may be more or less important depending on the specific application. In particular, long reads of a long-range contiguity and hence for diploid organism haploid types are generated that span long distances, long 
a chromosome. Similarly, complex repetitive sequences may be elucidated from long-read data, enabling complicated genome regions to be accurately and completely sequenced, even where highly similar tandem replications exist, also known as segmental replications. Indeed, as the capability for long-read assembly emerged, sequencing and assembly of a human genome using Pacific Biosciences single molecule sequencing data was compared with the same genome sequenced and aligned using Illumina sequencing biosynthesis data. This comparison highlighted the advantages of long-read single molecule sequencing assembly to provide contiguity, haplotype resolution and to deconvolute the sequence data in complex areas of the human genome that are simply not resolvable by short read data. One might then raise the obvious question of why more human resequencing efforts are not being pursued with single molecule sequencing data generation. The primary reason at this writing for continued human genome sequencing using sequencing biosynthesis over single molecule sequencing is simple one of cost and throughput, wherein sequencing biosynthesis offers clear advantages for both. Similarly, the short read libraries needed for sequencing biosynthesis are more straightforward to generate and more readily automated and require significantly less input DNA making them suitable for clinical samples that often provide limited amounts of DNA. The use of single molecule sequencing either alone or in combination with sequencing biosynthesis data continues to be an active research area. Human genomes can reliably assemble into considerably more contiguous genomes than is possible with sequencing biosynthesis alone. Recently, even larger genomes, such as the 18 gigabase wheat genome, have been assembled with combined single molecule sequencing and sequencing by synthesis data. Applications of next generation sequencing in biomedical research and clinical diagnostics include 1. DNA based applications in research, 2. RNA based applications in research. 3. Combinational DNA-RNA interaction applications and 4. Clinical applications of next-generation sequencing. Thank you for listening. Follow me on Twitter, Pub Reading, and let's discuss more articles.